This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is not somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. He's back in the great state of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm very unprepared. I just came into this, and literally as I'm joining the Zoom, you're already giving me the, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. It's ready to start the podcast. Usually we have a little like team meeting beforehand. I was running late. I have no idea what we're talking about. Tonight and I, honestly, I think that makes for a good podcast. So I think we're we're in good shape. Just enjoy the ride, Mike. Trent and I got a I'm great show planned for the for the two crew. So you just sit back and, and jump in where you can. Uh, we got we got a we got a quite the lineup here. And as always at the House of Meg, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Mike is probably in the position that I typically feel like I'm in because we have a little you know pre-team meeting, and I haven't. Follow as much news as I should have in the past week or so. And so I have less to contribute and I just feel like I'm along for the ride. So welcome to my shoes, Mike. I thought it'd be fun to give you guys a little overview of my travel this weekend, uh, just the travel logistics, because it's becoming too normal for me based on where I'm at. And as I explained to some people, it, it sounds like I'm a psychopath. So I want to hear what you guys think if you guys would approach this differently. So we had a wedding out in New York. We're coming out from the middle of nowhere, Idaho. We need to get there for a Friday rehearsal dinner. Only way to get there for the rehearsal dinner is to red eye out Thursday night. You can't you can't do any of this Friday morning stuff. I get there too late. Red eye is out of Salt Lake City, which is four hours and 15 minute drive away. So Thursday after work, full day of work, you drive down to Salt Lake, you take the red eye, you have Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday coming back. The, the cheapest flights are always the last flight of the day on, on Sunday night. So uh, JetBlue is really the, the most uh, affordable New York to uh, Salt Lake or Boston to Salt Lake, wherever these weddings happen to be. And so you get back to Salt Lake around 11 o'clock at night, and then you have the four hours and 15 minute drive back up to where we live to, to get in around 3.15. And it's starting to become too normal for me. So I get in last night at, you know, 3.15, 3.30. Uh, my fiance and I both roll in. You get that quick nap as much as you can get. She has to be in the office or like, so she's got even less sleep than I do. Uh, but but it's becoming my standard travel routine. So I guess my question to you is, is what is your price point where you're just like, screw that? How much money would you pay to not get back in at 3.30 in the morning the day before work? Are you going to pay... I don't know, like like a couple hundred dollars more to get back in at four o'clock in the afternoon, or or are you guys just like, no, the, the, what you've got now is the only way to approach this situation. Yes, I would pay a couple hundred dollars more. Trent, <laughs> I mean, yes, you can't put a price on sanity. Like I, <laughs> I, I literally just had this had this instance like a couple hours ago where I was booking a flight, and um, I think I paid. I think I paid almost two and a half times the, the cheaper price just to get the time, just to get the time that I wanted because yeah, I mean, you, you screw up my timeline these days. And I'm a, I'm just a mess. You know what I mean? So I can't, if I lose a night's sleep, I'm not recovering for, I'm not recovering for two weeks. It's, I mean, it's, maybe, maybe that's, it's, I mean, 
there there was a time in my life when I when I was living out in Seattle and I was flying back and forth from Seattle fairly regularly doing the cross country flight. I mean, I was taking the most layovers, red eye, most ridiculous flights I could possibly get. So I guess I get it. But I just try I feel like I feel like you're getting too old for that. Are we past that? Are like, past I think that I think you're getting too old for that. There's a time and a place when that makes sense. I think I think you're getting too old for that. So what started, I'll get to be honest, I was anti red eye. I was anti, you know, lose that night of sleep because then it's like you're losing two days. I'm totally useless the next day as well. But the red eye out of Salt Lake became the only option uh, for for my fiance Megan to work that day because she's trying to like, you know, she was still relatively new at her job. We, we moved out here less than a year ago. New job, not a lot of time off yet. So she needs to get that full day working Thursday. And the only way to get to where you need to be on Friday afternoon is to drive down to Salt Lake and do the red eye. It's the only way that made sense. And then it was cheaper. And then you want Sunday, you're, you're never home, you're seeing your family, you're like, oh, I don't want to rush out of here. You know, I want to be able to see a couple family and friends. And then you get back. And somehow, even in as I get older, it's becoming it's becoming easier. It's becoming like the the go to, which is this bizarre, you know, I'm getting used to it, which is which is really pathetic, probably and really bad. But it's like, all right, when we get to the airport. You know, you fill up the tank of gas before you get there. That way you get the full tank ready to go. I bought a couple five-hour energies at the gas station on the way down. That stuff's ready to go. We have like a little air mattress you can set up in the back of the Subaru and fold down the seats. So oh, one person can kind of even lay down in the back while the other person is driving. Like, like it's becoming the science. Why don't you just move somewhere that has an accessible airport? Yeah, I mean, that's really the option <laughs> that, that the sane person would do. Uh, and then if not, it's just become this ridiculous uh, uh, dog and pony show that we do to, to, to pop back east for a wedding or so. So I appreciate the feedback, fellas. Uh, I'm not sure I'll, I'll take it and work off of it, but it's good to hear like that you're you're a psychopath sometimes from the people that you love. So thank you. You probably well, hear I mean, that from me too often. I just booked uh, my flight to Indy. So uh, I'm booked. The The flight is paid for. The Airbnb is paid for. There's no turning back now. Um, and I made the decision we're we're going in on Thursday night just because I can't I can't if with the sat the one drawback to the Saturday race, which it's going to be awesome. We're going to be able to party Saturday and enjoy Sunday after the race. The one drawback to the Saturday race is with the state of airlines right now, if you if your flight on Friday gets delayed or canceled, you're probably going to miss that race. And I just couldn't stomach that. So we're going in, we're going in Thursday night. Um, and then we're coming home. We're coming home Monday, first thing Monday morning. So, so you're staying, you're staying Sunday night in Indianapolis. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Good. Going yeah, back. Just, just confirming. Just confirming. what's the point. That's the whole point is we gotta, we're going to, we're going to, what are you going to, what are you going to rush to the airport in the middle of the Patriots Colts game? No, no, I'm gonna take like the two a.m. flight out of there, and then I can do the. Uh, no, no, okay, good. Just, just making sure my details are in order. Uh, one Tr quick Trent's note: got, he's already booked his flight too, and he has the red eye Friday night, but he he uh, booked it to, uh, you know, St. Louis, which yeah, is only St. Louis, a three and, and a half hour drive, drive <laughs> six hours, and he he. But don't worry, Steve. He left at least an hour to an hour and a half buffer time for him to make it to the start line. Well, related to this, this was going to be my, uh, my my closing thought here, but I'll, I'll hit it now since we're on topic. 
Um, my uh, shout out to my mom who was going to run the Chicago marathon. It may not work out this year, uh, because of, uh, some stuff going on. So she was saying, Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do Indianapolis with the two crew. And I was like, absolutely. Hell yeah, do it. And then I just checked the website, the Indy marathon, just like registration and stuff. This is the most chill marathon of all time to get yourself registered for to, to it's super affordable. So this is really just a PSA to all you who are on the fence about it. Don't feel like you had to register six months ago to get into Indy registrations open for another like couple months. It's not till October or so that they're going to close it off. You can even, you can even pay like it's like a $20 bib to, to transfer your, your bib to somebody else. If it comes down to it, where you get an injury and you want to give it to a friend who, who is in good shape and ready to let's go not, out there. Let's not put, why are you putting that in the universe, Trent? I'm not saying that's going to happen. Why, to why, any you of, that, why are you even, why are you even putting that in the universe? Because my point I was trying now, this is, this is making me look bad. My point was some people don't want to sign up for it. They're worried about injury or so forth. Sign up for it. Get yourself ready to go. Other marathons, it's like if you, you can't run, then you lose it. Here, it's like there's no reason not to sign up. That's all I'm saying. Is there's absolutely no reason not to sign. It's like a hundred bucks or something stupid cheap for a legit marathon. And there's it's like showing up to a five k five minutes before the race and registering. You know, in your local town, uh, uh, July fourth five k. There's no rules for this marathon. I'm used to Boston where you got to have this you know, a qualifying time or, or fundraising, and it's got to be set two and a half years in advance. And then on top of that, you got to pay a fee three times the size of Minneapolis. So as I was looking into this, my mom, who thought about maybe she would try and do it. I was just shocked to see how easy it is for all you guys out there that have been delaying your registration to, uh, to register yourself for the race. Do you, I need to you, apologize you, in advance to Mrs. Fontanella for the antics that are going to happen on Saturday night? I mean, I, I didn't I didn't know we were inviting our parents to this. Uh, I'm just kidding. You're more than welcome to come, Mrs. Fontanella. Considering she she by herself said she wanted to come and watch us run a beer mile and watch and just about everyone. Yeah, I'd say there just I'd say she's vomit just over the, the track. And then she said she she enjoyed it. She had a fun time there. I, I think she'll be OK with whatever antics the, that we get ourselves into that. My, night. I mean, honestly, my only worry is that's one more person that might beat me. <laughs> It's it's I mean, sad, I mean, but that's that's a true fear. It might be one. It might be the list. Take those odds. Yeah, the list keeps getting bigger and bigger. This is not great. Hey, by the way, can I show you guys one new cool attribute of my new uh, podcasting studio here? Look at this. A second, just uh, switch back and fill up. He's grabbing a bottle of wine. This is yeah, this is I great, mean, great podcasting. Yeah, he's I'm got in, he's got some sort of wine rack behind him. Yeah, I'm in stretching distance. So I don't usually have to like, oh, guys, let's take a quick break. I'm going to get my new beer. You're recorking that bottle of wine. What are you doing? It's it's one of the little twists on. Yeah, it doesn't mean you you recork it. What are you doing? What do you want me to do? Uh, This this wine is not nearly expensive enough to worry about it breathing. I can promise you that. This wine is is somebody else's wine that Mike is stealing right now. Take a couple sips, then he's covering it up so then nobody notices that he had a little bit of it. That way nobody has to worry about it. Does this mean you're an exclusive wine guy during the podcast? No, it's just what I can get my hands on while we're recording at the current moment. Steve, what are you drinking? Is is that non-alcoholic? Athletic Brewing. Uh, okay. I thought I was catching you. I thought I was catching you on was, the... was that an athletic light? Athletic Brewing has a light beer. <laughs> <Athletic> <laughs> Do they need to have a light beer? 
<laughs> well, the reason I got it, it was the it, it's the closest to uh, like a like a Miller Lite. So, you know, you don't you don't drink non-alcoholic beer for the flavor or else. I, I don't know. I don't maybe some people do, but I'm just doing it because it's like the routine. You get a little beer flavor. Um, yeah. I just might as well just drink the the athletic brewing light. Wow. Wait, wow we're getting... Can you show it to me one more time? They even spelt it L-I-T-E. Exactly. That's oh, what I wanted. man, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I don't care. Can you not buy that beer? Exactly. I might go buy it even if I'm not going to drink it. I just feel like I need to have that in my fridge. <laughs> while, while we're uh, totally sidetracked, I, the wedding I was at this weekend, uh, they didn't have a Miller Lite, right? Because, you know, usually uh, the recipe for the wedding is you got to have like a signature cocktail there in the cocktail hour, unless you're at Steve's wedding or Mike's wedding, and it's just Miller Lite. But you have a signature cocktail, and then, you know, I like to have a glass of white wine, something chilled, you know, and then you transition to your beers for the dancing, right? I'm not going to be dancing with a glass of wine out there, a bottle of beers, which you want for the dancing and so forth. Um, they didn't have Miller Lights. What they did have was was Mick Ultras. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, how in college, I think I was just the ultimate, uh, ultimately swayed by just how cool their commercials were and how active everybody looked. And they're all crushing Mick Ultras. And I just felt like I was... I was just a, I should have been in a commercial. I was just feeling fit, just, just drinking Mick Ultras. Like, oh, there's no calories here. Just crushing the dance or getting all after it. So I know we're a Miller Lite podcast, but it took me back to my, yeah, my younger days when I was totally yeah, swayed by want, the commercials. What, what, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing? Listen, I think the people want to know what, what Trent had to drink at the I actually don't weekend. think people care. <laughs> and I think I need to tell them that I felt like I was in Mick Ultra commercial all all uh, all wedding because I feel like it's come up on the podcast before. So. Yeah, I find I find like the Mick Ultra commercial. It's true. I, that's a huge compliment. I find the Mick Ultra commercials quite pretentious. You know, Miller yeah, commercials is the hard work and American. You know what I mean? After a Friday hard work, you know, week of work, you're cracking a Miller Lite. Mick Ultra is yeah, very bougie, pretentious. You know stuck up i'm uh, i can't get behind that that I first agree. category of american does not describe me the hard work and like <laughs> just grinding <laughs> <Yeah. not. laughs> that's not me so i need to find a new beer apparently fair enough anyway we can move on now i'm sorry uh just just quickly since we since we touched on it, i didn't want to mention at some point in the podcast i uh i i did because i was squaring everything away for our trip to indy for the race and i went in you can go into your profile on the uh, Indianapolis monumental marathon website, and you can put your, um, like put your name or whatever on your bib. You can essentially make your bib say whatever it wants. And you can also put a team. So everybody's listening to this. That's coming to Indianapolis marathon for team go in and put two crew T O O space crew. And then, um, if you want, I put, uh, there's enough characters on the bib to put, peak too early on your bib so you can do peaked space the number two space early on your bib so i did that so it'd be pretty cool if we had a bunch of people out there running with peak too early bibs and i don't know if they're going to do anything for team they might say your team when you're crossing the finish line or whatever wait hold on, but, on. so it, it the team name is two crew yeah but that's not what it says on your bib we'll put no two early you can bib. like you can like put your team name or your like i guess like club or whatever just put two crew t-o-o space crew and then um you can like your bib you can I, it's designed to put your name on it so people can be like oh go mike you know break four and a half hours go mike but <laughs> instead of instead of putting your name put peak too early so people know that you're you're rolling with okay the 
I like that. So, so the first to... name peaked, middle name two, last it's name not crew. that advanced. It's just it's just one bar with a certain amount of characters. Okay, just want to make sure you have it right here. <laughs> Mike, break that five hour barrier. You got it, buddy. That's right. Well, I'm gonna need that kind of encouragement. So if you're not if you're not racing, but you still just want to come out there and cheer me on to a five hour marathon, I'd appreciate that. So just I, I know we, we've done this like every other episode. We don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But judging by your availability for uh, for podcast recording, Mike, how's your how's your training going? Have you been getting any runs in? I've been getting runs in. I. Uh, so I would say my long run is like the marquee event of the week. I'm squeezing in runs where I can. I'm getting the mileage in during the week where I can. But I gear up for the for the long run. I will say long run this week was the first long run that was like, wow, that was bad. You know, I've had long runs where it was like, you know, you struggle through. And this was, was like a sticky weekend. It was a this sticky. was a grind. And I, I made the mistake of our younger brother, Chris, came down to run with us. And like eight miles in, I was feeling great. Somewhere between mile eight and nine, I completely ran right into a brick wall. And it wasn't like we were crushing miles. We were going okay. We weren't crushing them. I completely hit a brick wall and the poor kid had to suffer with me for the next, you know, whatever, four miles we did like 12 ish. And, uh, it, it, you know, I I think it was just like, I'm starting to get into those, those real miles. I'm starting to do, to do real long runs. I'm starting to do them a little bit faster than I have been. And this was the first one that caught up to me. This was the first one where I was like, all right, the grind is for sure on. So, up until this weekend, I was feeling like I was starting to get into a big groove. This long run kind of knocked me on my ass a little bit, but that's going to happen. You're going to have long runs that feel like that. You're going to have long runs that uh, you got to you gotta find a way to grind through. And hopefully next weekend, we'll uh, we'll get back on it. We'll crush a long run. So it is what it is. But to, to, like, if I'm being honest, Steve, I, I, uh, I'm getting there. Like, I, I do feel like I got a long way to go. I'm happy I have a couple more months to get where I need to be going, but... The long runs are happening. We're slowly building and uh, we're, we're squeezing the miles where we can. Nice. All right. Trent, check in. How you doing, bud? Couldn't, couldn't be doing better. I have yeah. not had the experience Mike has had, right? I have not had one of those hurtful long runs. Long run hasn't hasn't made it to my training schedule yet, but that's okay. <laughs> we got two months to go, so that's why I have not uh, felt the long run pain, but more importantly, in my mind, I actually I've, I've been stringing together the last two weeks or so uh, were like the most pain free weeks I've had just with some of the, the stuff I've been battling through. And so I'm finally running, you know, more days than not getting out there for, uh, you know, just getting out there for, for runs somewhat consistently now. And my body is holding up to the best it's felt in a long time. So. Uh, the mileage is not quite rare yet, but but mentally, I'm sharp right now. I'm feeling wow. good. I'm ready to go physically. I'm I'm feeling not not endurance wise, but the rest of the running stuff wise, I'm feeling uh I'm feeling pretty good. So I would say watch out for me, boys. Steve, right. Steve how you doing? Yeah, seventy four days, Steve. Seventy four days. <laughs> Who knew that? I'm doing good. My my training's uh. The the foundation is built. Now it's time for the real 
Like I'm, I'm focusing on, uh, my training runs are at marathon pace. Like I have a couple more benchmarks that I have three more benchmarks to hit in terms of like long runs of like, it's more of like a mental barrier than anything to hit those numbers on the long run. But other than that, the, uh, the foundation is, is built. The engine's tuned. Now it's just time to, now it's time to just sharpen, you know, it's, it's a uh, time to, time to be able to make sure you can maintain the pace you need to maintain for race day. We're- it's 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 actually like a kind of an interesting. I know we don't like to talk too much details about training, but it's an interesting conversation right now because you're in a different world than us, right? Like you've, based on what what we've uh, know from the podcast, you've had a somewhat normal marathon buildup, right? You gave yourself enough time to slowly build your miles up, and now you're working. You've had consistent long runs and so forth, and so these last, you know, I would say, uh, what do we got? Would you say how many days, Michael? Seven seventy or something like that. 74. So, so that's 10 weeks if my math is right 10 and a half you really only got like six more weeks of training right and then you just kind of mix a long run in you start tapering down you feel ready to go whereas mike and i are coming at it like all right we got 10 weeks like let's get every ounce of this 10 weeks as we can and, you know the buildup just continues in so i don't know maybe maybe we will uh, make a breakthrough in marathon training uh, recommendations to say that you need to you need to train your ass off every day for 10 weeks leading up to it uh if, if things go well for us that'll be the takeaway well it, it's, mean, been, it's been kind of an interesting experiment where um a, you know probably october last year i mean i was struggling to finish like a 5k like i was in terrible shape and i just put essentially a year plan in place and if I did it any differently, I would have gotten injured or I wouldn't have made it start line. And it's starting to feel like the plan is coming together. Now I have six of the hardest weeks of training ahead of me, but if I'm able to stay healthy and, uh, you know, run a decent time on race day, it's going to be kind of an interesting story to tell. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it's been, it it's, it's kind of been like a, a, a complete and total rebuild from a, from a washed up runner. And so far, I'm on track, which is good. Yeah, and turn, I, I I don't necessarily care for you lumping me into to your situation. Listen, I my I wouldn't say my foundation is built. I'm not in Steve's shoes where I feel like I'm in tune-up mode. I also don't feel like, you know, I uh I'm still sitting there looking at the plot plan trying to figure out how to lay the foundation. At least, you know, I've started laying a little bit of cement at least you know there's something there there's you know we haven't we've had started cutting down trees we've started getting the 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 groundwork ready you're still sitting there trying to draw out the architecture trying to figure out what the hell this house is going to look like i'm trying to think of how the the to continue off this metaphor here to, to make it work because <laughs> i think you're confused in a few ways i think yes you started your work a little bit easier than me but i would say like you looked around and it was just you in the middle of like the frontier 200 years ago with nothing around. You have to figure yeah, out how yeah, to maybe, build a house maybe. from scratch. I feel like I'm starting way later than you, but at least I have like a lumber yeah. store nearby and I have a contractor <laughs> I can hire. Like I, I'm not worried about beating Mike in the race. So I'm trying to say Steve, I think has a has a good place to be. But even if Mike had a two week head start on me, I think I had a two little more. Come on, I had a, I have a little more of a two week head start. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not giving enough credit, but I'll tell you that's just where my mindset is right now. That's fair. That's fair. Steve, what was your long run this week? Uh, I had, so I had a. This was a down week, so I I went back down to 13 miles. But the previous week I was at I was at 16, and I'll be at 17 this week. So building up. Trent, what was yours? 
uh 35 minutes so probably a little <laughs> between four and five <laughs> felt right. good though i'm telling you it was my best like this weekend i had and i can't call it a long run because that was just i tried to do but 35 minutes or so you know four days last week four or five days whatever it was and it felt good so i had a i had a what if you want to call a long run we can call it a long run and you know what? it felt good it's good thank you all right well i you know i will say i'm a little disappointed in you both i thought you know we're, we're getting there. it's gonna be a fun day and you know we're gonna challenge ourselves and we got some some weeks ahead of us but you know, when I laid this plan out 14 months ago, I Listen, thought for sure. I thought we, for sure you guys you, were gonna. You did. Gonna... You did one more mile than me in a long run this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> that's just the truth. How many miles did you do for the week, Mike? I don't know. I, I gotta go through my Strava. Did you, did you do 12 miles for the week? No, absolutely not. Did you do 20. I'm pulling it up here. This is bad radio. I, it takes me a second to get into my my Strava. The fact that you don't know off the top of your head is bad news. That's not good marathon training. You got to know where you're at every step of the training. All right, let's see. We did about Are you are you on Strava with all these? Are you yeah, we did. We did a little over thirty miles last week. You did over thirty miles. Good job. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. I don't know if I believe that, but that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, this is uh, uh, this is this is uh, enough enough indie talk. We're, we got we got a lot to get into, and you know, uh, uh, st- uh, steaks will be eaten and bottles of wine will be drank right in Mike and Trent's face when the time comes. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. But everything is booked. Everything is good to go um, from my standpoint. So if you boys haven't done that yet. Let's get on it. It's only going to get more expensive and tougher to get to Indianapolis. So I would say let's do it. Um, but hey, guys, we had a couple. We had a couple uh, friends of the program had very big weekends this past weekend. Um, and I want to start with uh, our boy, Devin Allen, who right now has the single greatest highlight of NFL preseason. And a 55-yard touchdown bomb, absolutely torching the defense. And you're watching this, and you know you start to realize Devin Allen could be a legitimate weapon in the NFL. I mean, we've we've talked, we've been talking about it before he was on this podcast, and before he announced that he was going to the NFL, we were saying this guy could still be a legitimate weapon in the NFL. And listen, I know it's preseason. I know it's in the it's in the second half. It was against the backups. But there's still NFL caliber talent on that field, and he was making them look like they were running in quicksand. So um, pretty exciting stuff from, from uh, 110 Hurdler, Devin Allen. Devin Allen ripped off a 55-yard touchdown in a preseason game against, you know, whatever. I don't know what string of defense was in there. But that got more attention than any, you know, USA championship he's had in the last couple of years. Any track accolade. People care about this preseason touchdown. And it was awesome. And then he does... You know, which I've seen him do before, his little hurdle yep. touchdown dance. He's got his teammates doing the hurdles with him next to it. The guys love him. He's one of the dudes. I mean, he's just an NFL player now. Like, he's just an NFL wide receiver, right? Like, 
they're still going to talk about like, oh, yeah, this guy was in the Olympics. This guy is a three time USA champ. Like that's going to come up every time he gets to it. But like, I think we're not far away from the fact of like us not talking about him being a track athlete and just talking about him as an NFL wide receiver, putting up stats, making plays, having highlights, burning people on Sunday. It could happen. I think it definitely happens, right? And I don't know how 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 big his stats are going to be at the end of the year, but what you see in that preseason is that his speed is so off the charts, right? It it, it he looked like Tyree Kill out there, but he's probably faster than Tyree Kill, right? So even if as long as he's involved in the game plan somehow, they're going to air it out to him at least once a game, right? Like there's no reason not to just send him uh, uh, on a nine and just just air it out to him. He's too fast for him not to make a highlight catch every few weeks. I just don't see how, how, like if you, if you're an Eagles fan, right, you don't know if he's going to be a reliable part of your offense. I don't know. I don't know how good his, his slants look. I don't know how, how good he's, he's pass blocking right now at this point, but a run blocking, I should say. Uh, but what you can count on is Devin Allen make a, a highlight play at least, I don't know, a half dozen times a season he's too fast not to so all that talk that we had about Devin Allen this last weekend is just it's just gonna blow up every time he has something like that and I I already started abusing it and I'm gonna continue to abuse it throughout the season anytime he makes a catch or play whatsoever I made the joke hey refs you you sure that wasn't a false start oh you sure that wasn't a false and I I know I I I I used it like 10 times this weekend after I saw that, after I saw that clip. And I just know that throughout this season, I'm, I'm people are going to get sick of me hearing it, but I think it's funny. And I'm just going to, I'm going to say it every single time. My, the very first thought that went through my mind when I saw that was, I've never been so disappointed in Bill Belichick in my life. Yup. Yup. Because I was just going to say that. Because listen, Matthew Slater his time is coming to an end as a Patriot, right? Like he can only do what he's been doing for so long. Couldn't like, whatever, like, of course he could be the highlight guy. He could be burning guys getting 55 yard touchdowns, but more importantly than that, he could have played a huge role on the Patriots being that Matthew Slater role, that first guy down the field, the special team specialist. He would have been such a ridiculous weapon for a guy like Bill Belichick because it's more likely that he could make like a pro bowl type impact being that guy than, you know, being the, the wide receiver that Trent's talking about having the the highlight every, you know, three or four games, which I think, you know, he will do and is very possible, but he just would, it would just be perfect. perfect it would be a perfect fit. Perfect and I saw that highlight and it just like, it kind of broke my heart a little bit almost. Did, did you notice the number? I didn't. I think he was number 39. Doesn't seem I I do you think there's a chance we might see Devin Allen out of the backfield a little bit? 39. 39 is Did, be, didn't they didn't they rearrange all those numbers did, like they, they let people do whatever the hell they want and Tom Brady got all pissed about it and I agreed with Brady. It was like, nah, I don't even know what I'm looking at. So but yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't you see him out of the backfield a little bit? I got a guy that, that fast, just give him the ball. Is that is the, is the number the number uh, it, ranges as it isn't a thing anymore? It, it doesn't matter anymore, which stinks. Yeah. yeah, and I think like I mean I don't know I bet the Patriots still adhere to it because the Patriots are crazy. Like I don't know I don't know how, how that works, but yeah, I think it's no longer a thing anymore. Gotcha. 
Okay. Uh, and, and last thought on Devin Allen catching this touchdown pass. This was a really, 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 really bad thing for my, um, for my, my bank account, because I'm just going to bet Devin Allen anytime touchdown every single week now, and it will hit once it will hit once. I'm, I'm sure when I bet it will hit and it will, I'll, I'll hit it like one or two times, but it'll probably only make up for like half the, half the amount of money I've bet on him to do an anytime touchdown this season. So. Trent, what round do you think Steve is going to be drafting Devin Allen in his fantasy draft? So I was just about to pose <laughs> that question, right? When you're in a, a fantasy football league with Boston sports fans, it's like, all right, well, you're paying the premium on the Boston guys. In all the leagues with two crew members, right? Especially Steve. Like, what is the premium that 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 Devin Allen goes at? And I mean, I don't Steve know. Steve could get him, Steve could get him last round every single draft, but He's gonna be sneaking into the seventh. It's single round digit for sure. Yeah, for it's sure. gonna be a seven, single. Oh come on! I'll I'll scoop him in like I'll scoop him in like fifteen, fourteen, maybe. But he's you not say single. that now, but then you get that little like draft anxiety where it's like pre-draft. You're thinking like a logical person. You're like, oh yeah, I could totally get him here. But then you get into the draft and you see his name. And you're like, yeah, but maybe, maybe he might go here. Maybe someone might sneak him, and I. I want to make sure I I get him, so I'm gonna take him a couple rounds early. Next thing you know, you're drafting Devin Allen in the seventh round. Yeah, Steve, Steve and, and Mike and I do not participate in one fantasy football league together, but that would be interesting, right? The three of us did. How I high play in could two Devin separate go? leagues with you individually, so I'm putting a little bit of pressure on both of you, just being there, just knowing that I'm there and I could right. snake him. Because yeah. that's a total game changer. Like if you're a two crew out there and you're in a fantasy league with a bunch of two crewers. Devin Allen could go as high as seventh or eighth round. Like you talk about. <laughs> if it's just you and your friends, then yes, grab him in the 14th round and you'll be fine right before your kicker. But if you're if you're surrounded by some track fans in that league, Devin's Devin could uh he'll have a very uh, a wide ranging 80 uh, or, or draft position on his range uh, when ESPN puts those stats out. Who's the who's the one track and field nerd that's gonna draft him in the first three rounds? If you if you're the person that does it, screenshot it, send it to us, put it on Instagram stories, tag us or whatever. I want to see it. So so I'm gonna I've already made my decision and we can maybe discuss on like strategy here, but just for the sake of the title of this podcast, I'm gonna make the title of this podcast like Devin Allen is third round fantasy value or something like that just so people see it and like their head explodes and then they can get to this part and understand the joke a little bit but i just think it would be funny to have that be the title because i could see that being the title of like you know flow track podcast so <laughs> yeah uh all right um so uh, another friend of the program ben flanagan taking the win at the falmouth road race third straight year in a row which is pretty incredible at one of the most stored races in the history of the country. Kind of one of the, one of the, one of the top road races in the country still for professional runners to be able to go out there. And he's kind of planted his flag in the ground. Like his, his, his fiance or his wife, I know it's his fiance is like from Falmouth. Like he, he spends a lot of time in Falmouth to plant your flag in the ground be like, this is my race. And to do it three years in a row, very impressive. I mean, it's not like he, I mean he's he's out there beating um uh Simbasa, Kiprotich, Career, Kiptu, Chalanga, um uh Colin Benny. So like there's some really legitimate talent out here, and he's just the king of Falmouth right now. And he's he's kind of putting him up, up there in the 
up himself up there with the you know New England all time greats in uh, his his dominance in this in this one race. You forget him putting himself up there with some of the all time New England greats. What he's putting himself up there is he's putting himself out there as one of the greatest signature moves yes. of all time, right? Like we've talked about the jump, the finish line jump and how great it is. And, you know, when he, we had him on the podcast, we talked about his finish line celebrations, but it's different from like a moment and something, uh, you know, that you did one time and you can, when it starts becoming a signature move, that changes everything. And there's only so many finish line signature moves you can have, but the jump through the tape is it's, it may be the best signature finish line move of all time. You know, you have pre snapping the tape and that's great. And that's iconic. I would put the finish line jump right up there with, with the pre snap of the tape. I mean, it's unbelievable and I love it so much. And then combine the signature move with just having like a signature race. And then you have just the legend of, of Flanagan at Falmouth right now. I mean, Flanagan, Flanagan is Falmouth. And when you see this right now, now every year going into Falmouth, you're like, all right, where's uh, how's Flanagan doing? What's his training like? And stuff like that. I think we need more of this. We need more runners to find, find that like the upper echelon of road races or track and field meets or whatever it is cross-country races that you can go out there and you can like steve said plant your flag and make that your race and win and, and still going out you're not you're not a you're not ben flanagan going to whatever his hometown you know charity charity 5k is you're going out to falmouth and you're winning this every time uh but we need more of that it, it adds like a, an especially uh especially intriguing storyline to the race going into it. So you can be a very casual fan of Falmouth and just know, Oh, that's that Flanagan guy. He wins every year. Like everybody's going after him and he continues to go out. And now he will be much more memorable for winning Falmouth year after year after year now, than if he won, you know, three similar uh, prestigious road races throughout the country, just ran different ones by kind of like picking this as the one that he's going to, make sure his training sets him up for. I, I love the move for him. And I think we need more of that. That was, that was my thing. I, uh, at my peak, there was a one five mile road race here in Lowell. That was fairly competitive and it had kind of like a, a storied past. Um, and I was like, that's, that's what I circle on my calendar every year. My, my entire training revolves around me winning that race. I won it three years in a row, just like our, our boy Ben. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, if you're a fairly competitive runner, pick that race. That's your race that you, you kind of build a lot of your training around. And it just, it's more of a pride thing than anything to, to kind of go out there and kind of defend your title every year. Love it. And whatever that like level is for you. So I, I assume Steve, you like had real competition every year if it was oh, yeah. like a prestigious race. So that's, you don't want to go out and win by like three minutes in a 5k, but if you got to go out and just work your ass off and, and go for it, I love that. And that's, that's now Steve Gendron's like whatever, you know, era it was, that was your race and people are gunning for you. And then, you know, you become a little bit of a, a little celebrity in that circle. And that's what, that's what we got with Flanagan here in Falmouth. I, and I, and I now legit, I literally own the race now. So that's true. <laughs> Michael, I'm, Michael trying Jordan, like, 
I'm trying to like think of other examples. Like the only even the other thing that comes to mind is like Nick Willis in the Fifth Avenue Mile. Like I think he won that five or six times. I don't know. Nothing else jumps out of my mind of like you think of a guy and instantly you think of you know that race and like they associate with each other. So yeah, Flanagan he he's made the market for himself. That that's a good example though, Mike. Like when we went out to the Fifth Avenue Mile, it was fun to like you know see Willis and he wasn't yeah he wasn't going for the. W, if I remember at that point. No, he won it that year. He won it he that won year. It. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. So he was still peaking then. But go to what like another like cool storyline to have for that race is like where was Nick Willis going to finish that year? Right. Um, before we move on to the the women's side, uh, a couple things. Um, first off, our my 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 guy Abdel, the Moroccan runner, winning the the Masters category out there in Falmouth. Um, Fun to see him him start to wait do, is um, this the uh oh, yeah. the former PED guy well uh Trent allegedly thank you <laughs> um, uh so he, he won the masters category and then I also want to say this well let, we'll, we'll move on to the women's side so uh, Kira D'Amato wins on the women's side um pretty impressive race from her but she finishes the race and in an interview she's running so she ran uh, 36, 14, um, edging out of the competition by about 14 seconds. Um, in a, in an interview, she said she's heading out to Berlin. So she's going to be racing the Berlin marathon. That's kind of what you've been gearing up for. And she, it's her goal to, uh, break her own women's, uh, American marathon record in Berlin. So, um, big things on the horizon from 38 year old Kira Diamato, just kind of one of the all time comeback stories in, in the history of the sport. Yeah. And big fan of her just getting, getting Falmouth done, you know, this weekend. Right. So she's not just like taking off two months leading up to Berlin, uh, trying to get a date on when the Berlin marathon is, but I believe it's coming up relatively yeah, soon. So I just appreciate her going out there, like find a race distance that works within your training schedule and put a hard effort in, go out there know what it's like to win. So shout out to her for taking that title at Falmouth and now calling her shot for Berlin. There's nothing the, the peak too early boys like better than people calling their shot for a W or, or an American record or a world record or whatever it is. I just, I love the, love the call last week in September. Passing September. All right. So that's just a few away. weeks away. Yeah. The, the Falmouth is such a weird race too, where it kind of like commands such an interesting like professional core, right? Like because it's not a traditional distance and you kind of get like marathoners, you got 10K, you got, you know, how far, what is it? Like nine point something rather? Seven miles. Seven miles. Yeah. It's just a weird distance. I feel like it's like, in, in a lot of ways that probably deters pros from wanting to come out and do it because it's not like a traditional distance but they'll just the lore of the falmouth you, you still get names you get diamato out there you had mariel hall out there so you still had some edna kerga you had her out there so you still had some pretty big names that diamato's taken down yeah no i so that that's a nice little transition into what i wanted to throw out there because for this race you start need to have in this conversation now. What if 2023 P2 early goes to Falmouth? I think I'm down. Love it. I mean, that's, it, way, that's way less miles. Than I was going to say, this year you got to convince us to do the marathon. That's way less miles. Seven. <laughs> it's got to be faster, though. I mean, 
what if i mean let's let's get a place i mean go down the cape because the, the falmouth is is it's an incredible race it is truly one of the best road races in america it's awesome the only problem with falmouth it is a pain in the ass to get to and so to go there you need to you need to plan a year ahead of time so what if we did that what if we started planning now and we go down there and we go down there early we you know there's always a bunch of friends of the program running the the falmouth mile the night before we go to the falmouth mile we race we hang out in cape cod i say i say we set our sights on on uh on heading down to cape cod next year no because to me it's like I wanted to run the Boston Marathon because I felt like it was crazy that a, you know, distance runner from Massachusetts not to run the Boston Marathon. Falmouth is kind of the same way. I've never run Falmouth. Um, Falmouth, huh? I've never run. I've never even been to the Falmouth Road Race, which is crazy. You know, growing up not that far from it, and now I live even closer to Falmouth. So yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. It listen, you talked me into doing a marathon if I can shave off nineteen miles of that and. And, and uh, you know, run that. I'm happy to do that. So I'll say I'll say Falmouth, not a great spectators race because it's point to point and it's seven it, miles. Point to point is not. Yeah, great, yeah, not a great spectators course, but it is an awesome. I mean, it's I mean, it's an incredible race. So Trent, have I, you ever done Falmouth? Never run it. I've oh. watched it. I've been a spectator. Not like you said, you see everybody go by once, but. The people come out for Falmouth, like where I was, and I don't think I was at a particularly special spot. You know, the road was packed the whole way. And so actually a great day. I remember I went to the beach that morning, just kind of hung out and then turned around and went and watched the runners go by. So I uh, had never run it though. So I'm excited to to do that. Like you said, you have that that mile the day before. I remember that was pretty exciting. It's just like yeah, how, some very how is that first mileage? Is that how is that for spectating the it, well it's on a track. So they do it like the expos at falmouth falmouth high or whatever and then they do the they do the uh, oh it's on a track yeah it's a they do it on i a... always thought the falmouth mile was kind of like the fifth ave mile like no I thought it was no a... no yeah but it it's mile. the most chill watching experience right it's just at some high school probably falmouth high that would make sense right yeah uh but it's it's a very very chill environment it, it's it's too chill for how big a names are there that are that are running for an, an elite mile but i think everyone's just has the mindset they're gearing up for the next day. Right. And you kind of forget that you have all these guys that are, that are dropping a mile on just a random high school track the day before. So that's a nice, nice added element of it. Yeah. It's a great hangout afterwards. And I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to catch up with some friends of the program and stuff like that. So let's, uh, let's do that. Let's, uh, let's start planning. We got to get through, we got to get through uh, the next couple months here. I mean, we got, we got a big race coming up, so I don't want to, I don't want to look past what we got coming, what we've been working towards for for the past year. But let's start, you know, planning for this next year. And and any of the any of the two crew members want to join us, like, yeah, I mean, historic road race on Cape Cod. How can you beat it? So let's do that. Just just look at the results. Nikki Hiltz won the twenty twenty two Falmouth Mile this year on yes, the women's Nikki side. Yes, Nikki Hiltz so. won. I think uh, Paul Ryan on the men's side. Did Ribich finish second? Dave Ribich got third. Got third, okay. But uh, though, I mean, you get you get some real names in there um, that are that are battling out. So it's a fun little bonus that you get. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, hey, one little before we kind of move into the uh, the game, we got to kind of finish up the episode today. I did want to mention we got a Diamond League coming up on Friday. And I'm going to be watching DraftKings like a hawk because in the last DraftKings, there was a couple 
lines posted. And, you know, I was thinking I looked at it kind of late. So maybe there's more lines posted early in the day. And I just wanted to get ahead of this a little bit and kind of look at some of the races and kind of prepare if uh, if lines do drop on Thursday or, or Friday morning and, and be ready to pull the trigger on some of these. And I think that there's some interesting matchups. I think that there's some sure things out here like, you know, Grant Holloway's running the 110 hurdles again. And I think he's kind of hitting a stride right now where he's kind of unbeatable. And I got we got him for, you know, minus 200 odds in the um in his last race. So I'm thinking if I can get him anywhere close to that, anything under 300, I think that's a hammer from Grant Holloway. And then yeah, I mean, his biggest competitions out ripping 55 yard TDs. So. Exactly. Um, and then, and then the big race, I think in this, in this, the, the I think the, the main event is going to be the men's 200. And I just think that Noah is hitting a stride right now where, He's untouchable. So, and I think with Knighton's in there, um, you know, Michael Norman's in there. So I think with those guys in there, it's going to keep the odds relatively low. I think that's a hammer right there. And so no, I think you can no take a grant parlay. I think you can take both those guys parlay. And then I think you can also toss in an Ingebrigtsen parlay if that's going to be an option. So you take the, you take Ingebrigtsen, Noah Lyles, Grant Holloway. I think that's a, it's pretty close to a sure thing. So hopefully we get those. Hopefully we get the opportunity to parlay there. But then I was looking at one other thing because you can't just list favorites, right? You gotta, you gotta give some value to the value to the people. And I'm looking at the women's 800. And I think this is, this 800 is setting up pretty nicely for, Sinclair Johnson to have a, a chance to win this. Um, you know, I think, and I think that if she's, if she's posted, her odds are going to be pretty, pretty good. I think it's going to be some pretty good plus money. And I think she's just, she's super fit right now. Every single race she's in, it seems like she's got an opportunity to PR. There's no, I'm looking at this. I'm assuming no, Mo's not in the field. No, there's no massive names in the field. No, no, Aji. No, no Raven, no, uh, or at least as of right now, nobody in there. So I think that she's probably not the favorite to win this, but I think this is setting up where she has a legitimate shot. So um, just wanted to give a little, uh, you know, some some big money hunting for the for the value seekers out there. So, but that's coming up. We'll keep that posted, and you know, it, Diamond League was posted on DraftKings last last draft uh last uh diamond league meet so hopefully we get this this is heading in the right direction these races are going to get keep getting posted up there so gotta gotta throw in a little gambling for the people you know yeah you gotta yeah um we, we had like a nice two-week stretch of the worlds where it was just the gambling show so it's nice to have a little taste in these little episodes now all right so we're gonna end with a quick game here so we're gonna do our podium of the excuses we've been telling ourselves throughout this marathon training. So I feel like there's a couple different ways you could go with this uh, excuses for why you haven't been training or excuses for why it's going to be better on race day, but just the excuses we've been telling ourselves to get through the training and get to, to, to race day. So um, let's go revo- reverse order of what we did last time. So we'll go 
We'll go me, Trent, Mike. Yep. All right. So, I mean, this is pretty easy one. I feel like we've all told ourselves this, and um, I've been banking on this, but excuse number one, one has got to be the weather and how you got to get through the summer. You got to get through the shitty summer training weather into the beautiful, crisp uh, November air. Um, so that has been every single, pretty much every single run I've been on in the past three to four months. I've just been telling myself this sucks so much because it's hot and it's going to be better, better on race day. So that's, that's excuse one, one easy. Yeah. I think in my head, I... Mike, you're breaking up. Well, I think as Mike gets his internet back to here, I think in my head I have like, all right, November, fall, morning. That adds like 10 miles to your range of what you can do on like a summer. Or like a minute and a half off your pace. Yeah, whatever it is, whether it's like I feel like I'm dying at this amount of miles or I feel like I can only go this fast. Like, don't worry. (laughs) Once you get to that November, you're going to be a new person. So that's a great pick, Steve. Uh, I feel like I have to say this one because it's all Mike and I have been saying about the marathon since we signed up for the marathon was that the marathon is a year away. And even as we got closer, it still felt like we had plenty of time to get our training in order and figure it out. And I mean, we still practically have like 100 days at this point. So uh, we still have a plenty of time to whip our training into shape. But I will admit we are no longer a year away. Uh, and that was something that made uh, the summer's uh, lack of miles feel a little bit better that it, it still felt so far away. But that 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 excuse is dissipating quickly. And uh, I think we lost Mike. So did we just get to skip him? Did we get to take all the good ones, or should we be polite and wait no, till he comes bar. back? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is no longer a year away. That is for sure. I mean, you were saying you guys were still saying a year away at a hundred days. So. I I mean, I don't think I've ever signed up for a marathon or any race that far in advance. So I, I think I, you know, half of it was obviously, you know, we were having fun with it and joking with it. But I've never put something on the calendar that far, even even Boston, right? Because and you've had this experience, you get you get like a qualifying time for it. And that's in the first week of September. And then it comes around in April. So it's kind of like, oh, I just got to like get through the winter or something like that. Uh, this was legitimately like a year away when we booked it. And I just, I don't think I had the mindset or the capability to actually plan for a race that far in advance. And it, it might've, you know, might've burned me a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Boston it's now it's, I mean, September, you got to wait a year and a half for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, with all the, anytime you qualify for things like that and then there's the COVID stuff, uh, you're like, Oh, a race might not even happen. What's the point of training? That sort of thing. So you had that old dynamic because I was going to run Chicago at one point before I broke my ankle. That's right. Uh, but that still always felt like, oh, is Chicago even happen this year? So, but yes, we are now, we're, we'll, we'll shorten that excuse to 100 days away, which is that was a lifetime. You know, we got plenty of time to figure this out. Mike's got to figure out his internet situation. Remember when he was blaming the internet on us a couple weeks ago, Trent? So I was just thinking during this this pod, I was like, why why is my internet 
perfect tonight. Like I haven't had any issues. There's been no pausing. You guys look perfect the whole time. I'm I'm searching stuff on my computer while we're on Zoom. You know, last week I was like having a it's like I was Xing out. I was doing only my my searching on my phone as I'm looking up topics that we're talking about because I was nervous I was screwing up my internet. But now that Mike's gone, we're back to normal here. This this is great. We got the great flow going. All right, Mike. Good lord. Get that internet situation figured out. Uh, we'll see. Did you hear my uh, Steve and I's picks? I heard Steve's pick. Okay, and I had a really good take on it, and I tried to express it. And I don't think you heard any of it. Definitely. Steve's pick was. Oh no, it wasn't that good of a take. I was just saying that on my twelve mile run where I died this weekend, it was super humid and sticky, and that was like the first thing. That I told myself, I was like, well, a month from now, that would have been a great long run. But, you know, I just had to deal with the stickiness. So, is what it is. Trent, what was your pick? You, you could probably guess it. The marathon's a year away. We really uh, went off <laughs> that, that one my, for that a was, long time. That was, that was my number one pick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that was my number one pick. Um all right, so I got the wrapper on here. I got two that I really like. Oh, we we did away with snake draft. We're no no longer doing. Snake oh draft. shit, that's right. We did do away with snake drafts. All right, well that changes everything. All right, well I have one that I like way better, but I know neither of you are gonna take it. So I'm gonna take one that's simple. It's classic. It's old school. Uh, you know, marathoning. This is probably simplifying the excuse a little bit, but it. It's like riding a bike. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I've been doing this my whole life. I've been doing this for years. I've run three marathons before. I, you know, I've been running my whole life. It's not going to be that big with the, I'll be able to pick it up. No problem. So that's number one. I, I love that one. I did not think of that, but I feel that every time I've gone out for a run, especially as it's gotten to be kind of crunch time out here. It's like I can do this, man. Like you, you've whipped yourself. I've been in doing it before. Forever. Yeah, I've literally <laughs> been doing it forever. And and as we've talked about many times this podcast, it gets infinitely harder the longer you are since the last time you're in good shape, and the older you get. And so each time it's going to get harder and harder. But I I've had that mindset just about every run, Mike. Yeah, you're like, I'm I'm uh, I got significant experience in the sport. My tangents are just going to be better than anybody else's. And my, exactly. my tangents are going to carry me through the race. I'm going to end up running like a full mile less than anybody because I'm just going to I'm going to have the course down pat. That's what right. in, in my mind, I will always be 22 year old Mike who can just get in shape like that. No problem. It's like riding a bike. All right. Back to me. Um, uh, oh, this is a tough one. I was going to go experience. I was going to go. It's like you can, you know, I've been doing this my whole life, but I'm going to have to pick something else now. Oh, race day adrenaline. The race, the race day adrenaline is going to carry you through. It's something that you, you never experience on any of your training runs. And that, that race day adrenaline is good. That's good for at least an extra five, six miles. Like it, it it's, it's something special. You know, you get the, the pomp and circumstance, you get the the atmosphere, you get the crowds, race day adrenaline, just yeah, you're a different person when that adrenaline pumping. See, when you when you finish a tough long run that like really sucked and it's just like 
Like, let's say you're going for 16 miles, and those last three miles you are grinding. And that thought enters your head where it's just like, holy shit, how can I do 10 more of those miles? <laughs> how could I possibly? And then, like, boom, it's like you snap right out of it. It's like, oh, yeah, race day, everything changes. Like, <laughs> on race day, I could do that no problem. It's just because this is your average long run where, you know, it, that's why that hurts so bad. To be honest, though, this is, like, the truest of all the lies, though. That race day adrenaline does count. Oh, yeah. No, that it definitely counts. You put a bib on. Yeah, I mean, your pace goes down a little bit and you can run further. No question about it. So this this is a little more BS than the last one because I agree. There is something to be 70 adrenaline. But I kind of group what I'm going to say right now into that. It's kind of one big uh, uh, one big excuse for me of why I'll be able to run so much faster and so much longer on that day. And it part of that's the adrenaline from the race. And then you, of course, have the water stops with the goose and the Gatorades like that. <laughs> that will carry you twice as far as you did on your long run. I know you could put out water for yourself, but it's not the same. Every I don't know what Indy setup is. I imagine if it's a legit marathon, it'll be every other mile max, either every mile, every other mile. We're going to have water stops. We're going to have Gatorades. There's going to be goose going on. There's going to be the goo, the gels, plus the goo water whatever those things are. It's like the Gatorade goo thing. You might even have a block or two, a chewing that you have. Some people are giving you bananas out there just because they're, they're mixing it up. So that, that fuel that's just available to you, that, that will carry me uh, at least half the race. Junk science, baby. Junk science. The supported run is different than being out there on your own with no, no uh, fluid and no. There's no denying that. Yeah. All right, so every excuse so far has been in the vein of like, well, this is why I'm going to run faster on race day. This one's a little bit different. This is why I don't have to worry about it. And that is because COVID has been canceling marathons for years. (laughs) For years. We're not going to run this thing. (laughs) Oh, I missed my run today? Doesn't matter. COVID's been taking care of that for years. That's a good one. I like that. Oh, I think we just lost Mike again. That was a. Uh... <laughs> oh, he's hey, Mike. You there? He went out. He went out on top with one uh, like that. I mean, that goes to your point, Steve. With the, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here, but it's pretty similar. Of like, oh, my flight will get canceled. Like the airlines yeah. are screwed up. What's the point? Your flight will get canceled. So. Oh, that's a good one. That that's a that's a great one. I like it. I like him, Mike. Oh shoot, it's back to me. I'm not ready for this. Um. <laughs> all right, I gotta go on. Um. So you know, I've been I've been on a mission to uh to slim down and and lose weight because you can't you can't take the you can't take this weight for you twenty six point two miles. It's just gonna it's just gonna kill you. So I've been I've been slimming down. I've been trimming down. Um. But you know, I'm still I'm still heavier than I've been in my previous marathons. And I just keep telling myself I'm stronger. I got more muscle. Like I'm a, I'm a more powerful runner than I was the last time I ran a marathon. So just the, 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 the lie I keep telling myself, the excuse is like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm carrying a little more weight, but I'm more powerful than I was. So. I love that one, Steve. I think I even said on the pod a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I haven't been running, but this is the best non running shape I've been in. Like I've been doing yoga. I've been going to the gym and those are going to, those are going to carry me, right. Just going to make the running that much easier. So uh, I'm on board with that excuse. Normally I'm like, 
uh, you know, we bicker a little bit or we'll call someone out for having a bad, a bad selection in these games. But all these excuses you guys are saying, I'm like, man, I have been thinking that same thing. Like I'm on the same page as you guys. Here's one that'll be unique though. Uh, one excuse that I have baked in that, that you guys unfortunately don't, but I'm altitude training, right? Like I'm up at 6,000 feet up here. When uh, I, when I go one. out for four or five miles, that's like a 10 mile run at sea level so you know my long runs have to be half the distance as your long runs to get the same effect i'll be running that much faster so anytime i'm hurting i'm uh i'm altitude training i would abuse that excuse that's a good one i like that mm-hmm. that's a good one um so steve i'm shocked you didn't take some variation of this and i'm happy to have it on my last um my last pick. I think there's a lot of ways you could go with excuse. Oh no! As we've been going, of like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Cracked out there. You're back now, but I'm back. God damn it! Is your internet, is your, internet your bad internet your excuse? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably it. My Strava hasn't been able to connect to my yeah. to my bad internet. Um, no. So it's it's dad strength, Steve. It's dad strength. Okay. I mean Trent Trent Good doesn't one. have it. That's that's why I'm not worried about that's why I'm not worried about Trent. Obviously, you got double dad strength. I gotta worry about that. But at least I don't have to worry about Trent. I got the dad strength, and you know, I think that's gonna come in clutch for me. It's a good one. It's a good that, one. That evens out the altitude advantage I had. So yeah, 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 we're, yeah, so we're back to square one. All right, I like it. Good uh good podium there. Um all right, well, uh, let's uh, let's wrap up the let's wrap up today's podcast. So uh, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? All right, well, I'm gonna try and squeeze this in as fast as I can before my internet kicks out one more time. Um, I was watching the Red Sox Little League World Series combo dealio they had yesterday, and before the game, the Red Sox went to the Little League park and they were watching the kids play baseball, and it was a cool experience. Um, but listen we all had rules in college and you know, if my college coach found out I went skiing on a weekend, she'd be pissed. Well, I was watching the league world series and we got Red Sox players flying down this stupid steep hill on cardboard, uh, little sheets. And I just saw a rolled ankle, a broken wrist happening. Come on, let's get it in check here. Let's get in. you guys are major league baseball players. If you want to do stupid stuff on your own time, that's fine. But on ESPN, I don't need to see my professional athletes sliding down a hill on on cardboard boxes. Just can't happen. Yeah, that, that Verdugo one. I thought for sure he was no. gonna fall off and yeah, can't have it. Snap an ankle or something. Trump, what do you got people on the bell app? That's the worst take of all time, fellas. If the boys want to have fun sliding down the hill at the Willie World Series, then let the boys have fun. Uh, I I was trying to think of something creative after I kind of blew my bell lap early on by, by saying everyone should sign up for Indianapolis, but maybe I'll just reiterate that. Again, Indianapolis, super easy to sign up. Registration is still open. It's, it's super inexpensive. Uh, I was shocked to see that you can just like basically show up on race day. Don't do that. Sign up now. Lock yourself in. Get a nice bib. Get two crew on it. Get peaked too early on it. Figure out that first name, middle name, last name thing or whatever it's going to be to get your bib right. Uh, but there is absolutely no reason to not have a crew. And you you heard our excuses tonight. I don't I don't care what your excuses are. <laughs> We're all getting through Maybe all these. Get uh, to the starting line. 
Right. We just gave you a hundred reasons why your training is way better off than you even realize it to be. So uh, sign yourself up for it. Yeah. I don't have anything on the bell app. Uh, big couple months ahead of us. Um, Patriots are starting up. Um, so yeah, no, it's a uh, best time of the year is right around the corner. We just got to get through the, the next couple of weeks and uh, yeah, we'll get that fall, beautiful fall air that we all live for in this region of the country. So other than that, boys, I wouldn't run faster, but I peaked too early. Oh, hold up. Hold up. Time out. Pause, time out. Time, time out, out. Time out. Time out. Uh, shirts by the end of this week. Sweatshirts will probably be on oh, sale. So we talked about baby. it last week. Um, I'm working on it. It's taken a little bit longer to get it going than I thought it would, but they are. we have the design all done. I think they're about ready to go up on the website, so I hope to have them up by Friday. So keep your eyes open for that. We'll blast it out on social media, um, the link. So uh, the all all profits of the sweatshirt are going to back on my feet, which we talked about in last episode, and we're going to talk about in future episodes. Um, so keep an eye out for that. The merch is coming, and it is awesome. So on that, boys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. No, I...